We'll begin this morning's message in the book of Acts, chapter 17, if you'd like to turn in your Bibles there this morning. Acts, chapter 17. There's a joke going around on the internet. You got Charlie Brown and you know that friend, that girlfriend of his, Lucy, and they're leaning up against a tree. And it's one of those moments that the cartoonist puts something together that's profound. You know, and Lucy says to Charlie, she goes, she says, Do all the fairy tales, do they always begin with once upon a time? You know, and Charlie and his wisdom says, Well, in today's world, it begins with, if you'll just elect me. <laughs> Isn't that something? We all laugh about that, but, you know, it, a lot of times what we laugh about is truth. Isn't it something that we live in a world today where it's expected? Oh, we know this one got to be where he is because he lied better than the other one. Isn't that what it's all about in our world around us today? Yeah. It's not just expected. It's okay. It's alright if you lie a little bit now. You'll, you'll be able to do something better for the country later on when you do get the power. If the world only knew as God has revealed to us the truth of man's depravity. We wouldn't put up with that stuff anymore. It wouldn't be allowed. In the world we walk in today, it really does seem hard to tell what's true and what's not, doesn't it? We just spent a little over a week with a young lady from Australia, 25 years old, and I bring that out her age because I have a granddaughter who's 25 years old. She has a baby that's a year old. And I've watched over my lifetime, and some of you who've had children and have families of your own, you've seen the same thing, I'm sure. I've seen how that idea that it's okay it's okay to bring out something that's not true it, it, it's, it's alright whatever you think is true can be true that idea has gone from the time when I was a kid and my dad used to say this too so I know it's not been just from my time it's always it's gone it's, it's gone back for a long time folks lying and telling untruths has gone back all the way to the devil when he met with Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. And it's gotten worse and worse and worse and worse to this very day. I wonder what truths my granddaughter will know. In a world where they try to teach you if you're a boy, you can be a girl if you want to be. And I'm not trying to get political here. I'm bringing out the ironic, the ironic point of what it is that we allow as a people. Are we surprised about this? No. If you know God's word, you shouldn't be. 
know it kind of takes us back at times like, I can't believe it's getting this bad. But God's words warns us over and over again. It'll wax worse and worse and worse till the day He returns. And it all gets burned up. I can tell you this. It makes me more thankful. It makes me more thankful of the blessings of my Lord in shining His truth in a new heart. A heart that was once dead and would be right there with all of those who still love lies. Because that's where each and every one of us would be right now if it wasn't for the grace of our God. If it wasn't for His love that He had for us from before the world was, we would be right there, lost, dead, in trespasses and sin. And we know this because we were blind to those very truths at one time. Every one of us were. I've not been bashful to you over these last few months in declaring that I was once blind, and I know I was blind because now I see. How thankful can a child of the true and living God be knowing where it is that we can find truth in a world full of lies? Is it any wonder that there are so many different religions in this world? Is it any wonder that so many different Christian religions, when men interpret the holy word of God according to their own desire? Oh, I like this part of the Bible. I like the part that says, my God rules over everything. I, I like the part where it says He loves. Oh, I don't like that part that says He hates. I, I, I'm going to change that. I'm going to change that to where he, he loves less. I ask you something. Does the God you see in Holy Scriptures do anything less? than perfect. No. The God I see in scriptures, he loves with perfection and he hates with perfection. Jacob have I loved, Esau have I hated. That's what his word says, right? Yes. I'm not going to interpret that to my own destruction. I'm going to let God's word tell me what it is and what it is he will destroy the wicked. But he has given those that he has loved from before the world was a substitute. One who has already taken that destruction for each and every one that God the Father gave him before the world began. Every single child of God that our Savior went to that cross for shall be saved. That's what it says. All that the Father giveth me shall come to me. Is that what it says? Oh, what it is to know truth in a world of lies. How thankful we can be that we who would have, if it was not for the grace of God, be on that path to destruction, interpreting scriptures to our own destruction. Ask your brother Mike sometime about that. He'll tell you all about it. He's got a great testimony on how the Lord took him out of that 
uh, interpretation stuff. When you take the truth of God and you bend it to fit what you think is right, you can come up with anything out of Scripture. And that is just what dead men have done since the fall of Adam. That's exactly what everyone here has done at one point or another in our lifetime. That's what people who are dead, spiritually dead in trespasses and sin do. We, we make the Scriptures like man. We take a God who is above everything that we can think of, whose ways are nothing compared or completely out from what man's ways are and we bring him down to us and make him our way instead of accepting him his way you cannot walk in the newness of life except you be given life to walk therein <clears throat> Mankind in their spiritual deadness have made up all kinds of gods with their imagination. And in the 17th chapter of the book of Acts, Paul was at Mars Hill and he observed a token that was dedicated to an unknown God. Look with me, if you would, at Acts chapter 17, beginning at verse 22, and we read these words. Then Paul stood in the midst of Mars Hill and he said, Ye men of Athens, I perceive that in all things ye are too superstitious. Ye men. Pope. Pope of the Roman Church. I perceive that you are superstitious. In your superstitious ways of praying to mankind instead of the only one who can help you, and that's Jesus Christ. Could you imagine me saying that to him to his face? Who do you think you are, John? I've been studying the book of God longer than you've ever walked this earth. I think he's that old. Maybe not. <laughs> I perceive that in all things ye are too superstitious. Verse 23. For as I passed by and beheld your devotions, here he's walking by, he's coming into the town. And here he's walking by, here's God to this, God to that, God to another, which is Catholic God, Mormon God, uh, Jehovah Witness gods, or Watchtower, whatever you want to call them, uh, Seventh-day Adventist gods, Baptist gods. Oh, oh, down here on the very, very end, at the very end of that pillar, what's he say? For as I passed by and beheld your devotions, I found an altar with this inscription <laughs> to the unknown God. You're so superstitious that not only do you have all these gods up in front of you, just in case you miss one, you got one down here as marked as the unknown God. <laughs> Whom therefore ye ignorantly worship him, declare I unto you. Paul is about to declare to them the unknown God. And they don't even know who he is. You can't know who the Lord Jesus Christ is unless he opens up the scriptures and reveals himself to you. I don't care how much you study it. I don't care how much you go to church on Sundays. I don't care how many Bible studies you go to. Unless God comes and does a work in your heart 
And you folks, I bring this out to you because those of us who were blind once and can now see, we see the grace of God in coming to us, don't we? In God's grace in coming to us and giving us sight to see the truth of His Word. Paul's about to tell him about that very thing. He says in verse 24, God that made the world. Can you think of anything less than sovereign there? <clears throat> oh, people make up a lot of gods in their minds. I have a God who does this. I have a God who does that. But He's not a God over my will. He's not a God over my decision. That's mine. I'm the God of that. God hath made the world. Folks, if He's God, then He's controller of everything. That's what Scriptures will tell you. You read it throughout, all, anywhere you want to go in, in God's Word. He is God of everything. Nothing is outside the purpose of my Lord. God that made the world and all things therein, seeing that He is Lord of heaven and earth, dwelleth not in temples made with hands. He doesn't dwell in all those fancy buildings. He doesn't dwell in this building. He dwells in the hearts of men. New hearts. His chosen people's hearts. Those that He has chosen to be His children. Elect. Predestinated. Given life. Oh, I will be merciful. Until unto who I will be merciful to. That's what he says. I like the saying that Pastor Gene would say all the time. He says, I, I can understand why God hated Esau. I can understand that really well. I can't understand why he loved Jacob. I can understand why God would hate wickedness. I can't understand why he loves me. He gives us a little bit of an inkling a little view through that dark veil, that glass darkly of His Son, the Lord Jesus. That's why. Nothing to do with you, John. Nothing to do with you, Polly Mary. I know you're the sweetest thing to walk this earth, but nothing to do with you. It's with our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 26, it said, Made one blood all nations of men for to dwell on all the face of the earth and had determined the times before appointed and the bounds of their habitation. For in Him, in this One, on whom the world does not know, for in Him we live and move and have our being, as certain also of your own poets have said, for we are also his offspring. Verse 29, For as much then as we are of the offspring of God, we ought not to think that the Godhead is like unto gold and silver and stone and graven art and man's device. Let's talk about idols. Let's talk about all those idols that we can put together with our hands. Verse 30, In the times of Isaac, and the time of this ignorance God winked at. He winked at it for a while. He overlooked it for a bit, but now He commandeth all men everywhere to what? To repent. Because He hath appointed a day in which He will judge the world in righteousness 
by that man, that one whom, who the world does not know, whom he hath ordained, wherefore he hath given assurance to all men that, in, that he hath raised him from the dead. Now the true and living God is unknown to natural man. Paul used that superstitious plaque to preach the true and living God to those religious people. Folks, there is another Jesus being preached in the world, a Jesus that doesn't even come close to the true and living God. Paul tells us that in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 4. He says, For if he that cometh preacheth another Jesus, was Cain not preaching another Jesus? How do you think Abel knew to bring a sacrifice, a lamb without blemish? How do you think Abel knew that? You think Adam taught Abel? And, and I have Cain, I don't care about him, I'm not going to teach him anything. What dad would do that? What father would do that? Cain was taught of his father the same as Abel, yet he brought another Jesus. Hunting's just not my way. I know that's God's way. God's way is bringing a sacrificial lamb. My way, I, that's just not my way. I got... There's got to be something else I can do. Maybe I can come down to the front of the church and pray a prayer. Maybe I can get into the waters of baptism. Maybe I can come to the table. Maybe I can do this or do that. That's another Jesus. The Jesus of Scripture says, There are none that seeketh after me. There are none that cometh to me. He told Simon Barjona, he says, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed, revealed what? That he was the, God, uh, the son of the living God. But my Father which is in heaven. What Cain, Cain was bringing was another Jesus. When he came with an offering of his own works, and he came not according to the word of God given to him by his father Adam. Men have taken the points they desire and corrupted the true word of God with their interpretations using their human logic, their human feelings. Have you ever been to a charismatic church before? It can get really crazy wild in those places. I've been to one. God help me never set foot in another one of those places. Not only was there a guy dancing back and forth on the stage doing some weird stuff, and I asked the guy I was with, I said, I said, what, what is that guy doing? He goes, he's talking in tongues. I said, oh, that's what that is? Then other people were just moving their hands around and on the floor, crawling around and stuff. I, got, I had to get up and leave. I didn't even want somebody to think I was pretending to be worshiping with that. They make all kinds of gods out of our own imagination. Gods that fit our way. I made a god that fit my way when I was wandering through the world in darkness. He'd go party on Sundays, do whatever he wanted. There was no God, no fear of God in his heart. I'll bet each and every one of you got some kind of a story like that. Maybe you were worshiping the God that says you can't be saved unless you get unless you worship on Saturday. 
or a God that says this or a God that does this. You're probably wishing you're worshiping a different Jesus at one time or another, weren't you? We make up all kinds of things. And we interpret the truths of God's Word to our own destruction. Look over at the book of Jude. That's right before Revelation. Turn over to the book of Jude. Our Lord inspired the Apostle Jude to warn us of something. And I want you to see it for your own eyes. I've quoted it before, but this time I think you need to read it. Look at the third and fourth verse of the book of Jude. Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that ye should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. Now, listen to this. For there are certain men, specific people, crept in unawares. They came in, you didn't even know they were there in the in and amongst you, who were before of old, before a star ever twinkled in the sky, ordained prepared, sent to this condemnation, ungodly men turning the grace of our God into lasciviousness, that means wickedness, evil, and denying the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. They were taking grace and mixing works with it. Oh, you can, you can worship Jesus Christ crucified, absolutely, but you got to get circumcised. You think it's being done now as first? No, it's been, <laughs> they've been doing that for a long time, folks. The devil's been at his work for a long, 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 long time. And he's pretty good at it. He's warning us that there are men who will come into the church and try to mix a little bit of leaven. And you mix a little bit of leaven into the lump of bread, it ruins the whole bread. Today is no different. There's only one truth. Listen to the words of Deuteronomy 32 verse 4. This is the truth. This is God's word. You can't argue this. He is the rock. His work is perfect. <laughs> God's not going to lose anybody, folks. His blood covered every sin of His people perfectly. It's done. It's finished. This is good news to us who are sinners, is it not? <laughs> oh, you're so down, John. No! If you're a sinner and you need salvation, this is great news. He is the rock. His work is perfect for all His ways are judgment. He is a God of truth and without iniquity, just and right, and right is He. In 2 Samuel verse two, verse six, chapter 2, verse 6, we read these words. And now the Lord show kindness and truth unto you. 
1 Kings chapter 17, verse 24, And the woman said unto Elijah, Now by this I know that thou art a man of God, and that the word of the Lord is in thy the word of the Lord in thy mouth is true. I don't know this for a fact. But I also don't know. I don't know if anybody ever preached the truth to me before I came to hear and heard preached by Gene Harmon. I, I don't know what those folks were preaching in all my days of being raised, going to churches here, uh, my biological father preaching. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I didn't hear them. Maybe I didn't hear them because they weren't preaching the truth. Maybe they had some other Jesus. And it just made nonsense to me. This gal, she knew. She knew that the word of truth was in the preacher's mouth. Psalms 225 verse 5, we read this. It says, lead me in thy truth and teach me for thou art the God of my salvation. On thee do I wait all the day. Psalms 33, 4, For the word of the Lord is right, and all his works are done in truth. And one more, if you would, Ephesians chapter 1, verses 12 and 13, That we should be to the praise of his glory, who first trusted in Christ, whom, whom, all, whom ye also trusted, after that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and whom also after that ye believed, ye are sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. My title this morning is just that, in spirit and in truth. We must worship in truth or our worship is vanity. That means worthless. You might as well just go home and drink yourself to death or whatever else you want to do. Natural man, the unconverted, the unregenerate man cannot worship in truth for the truth is enmity to our nature. We read in John chapter 3, verses 19 and 20 through 21, and this is the condemnation, that light is coming to the world, and men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. For everyone that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. We won't come to Christ, why? Because coming to Christ proves that it was His work, not ours. We like our works, don't we? Look how good I am. I don't do this anymore. I don't do that anymore. See how good I am? I never killed anybody. See how good I am? I did this or I did that. Mankind don't want that. They don't want a God who has done everything. The one God who has given them life when they were dead in trespasses and sin. The one God who in His grace came to us when we were all living in darkness and shined His light in our hearts. We don't want that God. We want to be gods ourselves. That's what the devil told Adam and Eve. You shall be as gods. Little gods thinking more of yourselves than what you are. Thinking of how good you are in this world. 
Everyone that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light. That's God's word, not mine. Lest his deeds should be reproved, but he that doeth truth cometh to the light, that his deeds may be manifested, that they were wrought in God. In Romans 8, verses 5 through 8, we read these words. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. But they that are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For the carnally minded is death. Those who are still in their carnal sense, those who have been not been regenerated by the Holy Spirit, those who have not been converted by the Holy Spirit, have the mind, their mind is death. But to the spiritually minded, one who has been given life, to the spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So then they that are of the flesh cannot please God. Look over at John chapter 4 with me, if you would. John chapter 4. John chapter 4, beginning at verse 21, we read these words. And Jesus saith unto her, Woman, wait, am I in the right? Yep. John chapter 4, 21. Jesus saith unto her, Woman, believe me, the hour cometh when ye shall neither in this mountain nor yet in Jerusalem worship the Father. Ye worship, ye know not. Here's that. God, that unknown God. You don't even know what it is you're worshiping. Those golden idols, those Sabbath days that you're worshiping on Sabbath, you don't even know that the Sabbath is standing right before you. He who will fulfill everything for his chosen people is standing right before her. You know not what you worship. We know that we worship for salvation is of the Jews, but the hour cometh and, the, and is now is when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in what? In spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship Him, God is spirit, and they that worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. We must worship in spirit and in truth. What is it to worship in the spirit? Turn over to Matthew chapter 16. We're going to go through a couple of verses here quite quickly. So Matthew chapter 16. What is it to worship in the Spirit? In Matthew chapter 16, we see that it is to worship and it is to know the truth. Matthew chapter 16, beginning at verse 13, we read these words. When Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Whom do men say that I am, that I the Son of Man am? And they said, Some say that thou art John the Baptist, some say Elijah, other Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. And he saith unto them, But whom say ye that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father 
which is in heaven. What is it to worship in spirit? It's to worship Him in truth. I didn't come to the Lord on my own accord. My own accord ran from the Lord. And so did yours until the Lord calls you. How do I know He's the Son of the living God? God the Father revealed it to me. He gave me a new heart to accept Him for who He is, who now willingly, willingly come to my Lord because He's made me willing in the day of His love. What is it to worship in truth? Turn over to Romans chapter 3. Romans chapter 3. To worship Him in truth is to worship Him knowing the truth of our depravity. In Romans chapter 3, beginning at verse 9, we read these words. What then? Are we better than they? No. No in no wise, for we have before proved both Jews and Gentiles. We read this in Bible study. It's funny how Bible study and the morning message go so close. <laughs> uh, prove that both Jews and Gentiles that they are all under sin. As it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. How do we worship in spirit? We worship the spirit in knowing the truth of our depravity. There is none that understandeth. There is none that seeketh after God. They are all gone out of the way. They are together become unprofitable. There is none that doeth good. No, not one. What about my mom? What about my grandma? She's the sweetest thing that ever walked this earth. God's word says no, not one. I'm sorry if that offends you, but that's God's word. They are all gone out of the way. They are together become unprofitable. There is none that doeth good, no, not one. Their throat is an open sepulcher. With their tongues they have used deceit. The poison of asp is under their lips, whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Destruction and mercy and misery are in their ways. And the way of peace have they not known. There is no fear of God before their eyes. What is it to worship in the Spirit? Turn over to John chapter 1. What is it to worship in the Spirit? It is to know the truth. It is to know the truth of our depravity. It is to know the truth of His grace. Our Lord's grace. In John chapter 14, I'm in the wrong chapter, hang on. Went to chapter one. What did I say? John chapter one. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. No, I'm sorry. John chapter one. I got it out of my notes there for a minute. Look at verse fourteen. It's to know the truth of His grace. Is what I said. I want to bring that out again because over in the first verse, first uh, couple of verses, we see that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him. And without him was not anything made that was made. And then over verse 14 we read these words, and the word was made flesh. Folks, do you see the grace of God? Do you see God's grace? There's no other way to save his people but to send us a substitute. Sin must be charged. Christ our Savior became a curse, was made a curse. For us. 
to know the truth of grace is that God sent His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth should have everlasting life. Read the rest here. And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld His glory. The glory as the only begotten of the Father. And what's it say next here? Full of grace and truth. Full of grace and truth. What does it know? What does it mean to worship in spirit? To know the truth of who he is. Now I'll turn over to chapter 14 of the same book. Chapter 14. Who is this one? Who is this one that we call the Word? This one who created everything there is. What is it to worship Him? It's to know who He is. Verse 5, Thomas saith unto Him, Lord, we know not whither Thou goest, and how can we know the way? And Jesus saith unto Him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. If ye had known me, ye should have known my Father also, and from henceforth ye know him and have seen him. They were standing there looking at Jesus. Is there any mixing of words here? These folks knew exactly what Jesus was saying. I and my Father are one. That's what he was saying. Go on. Philip says in verse 8, Unto him, Lord, show us the Father, and it suffices. And Jesus saith unto him, Have I been so long a time with you, and yet hast thou not known me? Hast thou not known me, Philip? He that hath seen me... If you weren't clear what he said a moment ago, he's being much more clear now. He that hath seen me hath seen the Father. How sayest thou then, Show us the Father? What is it to worship in the Spirit? It's to know the truth. Know what is the truth. It's to know the totalness of our depravity. It's to know the wonders of His grace. It's to know that who He is and why He came. And it's, it, the truth is also to know what He has done. Look over in 1 John. 1 John, over at the end of, uh, uh, of the book there, right before Jude. Look over at 1 John. The first epistle of John. It's to know the truth of what this one who became flesh came to do. 1 John chapter 1, verses 5 and 7, through 7. This then is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If ye say that, ye, that we follow him, and that we fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanseth us from some of our sins? No, all sin. How's that feel, Brother Mike? To know that even though we walk in this flesh and sin, our Lord has cleansed it all. Not just what I've done today. 
what I'm going to do this afternoon, what I'm going to do the next day until the Lord takes me out of this body of death. Who shall save me from this body of death? My Lord, that's who did. Our Savior, Jesus Christ, King of kings, Lord of lords. I'm going a little long here. Let me get through this for you. One more section of verse there, Hebrews chapter 1. The truth of where our Lord is right now. Hebrews chapter 1. Just a little bit to the left there. I'm going to read nine verses. God who at sundry times, verse 1 of chapter 1 of Hebrews, God who at sundry times in diverse manners spake in times past unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds. Who being the brightness of the glory of the express image of his person, and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. We all have heard about this Jesus who died in the tomb, but you know, there's no real proof of that. There's nothing substantial to that statement. I know it's true. I know he sits on his throne right now. I see his glorious hand in everything that's going on around us. That day I laid in the hospital with COVID, I saw his glorious hand wrapped around me. I thought he was going to take me home. But his hand was in that. My father's glorious hand is involved with everything according to his purpose since the world began for my sake. And for yours and for the sake of every one of his people between now and the time he calls the end of time. Ephesians 2 verse 4 we read these words, But God who is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us even when we were dead in sins hath quickened us together with Christ by grace ye are saved and hath raised up, up together and made us to what? Sit in heavenly places in Christ Jesus that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. Now turn over to Colossians chapter 3, please. And I have a question for you. Colossians chapter 3. If God has given us a new spirit to worship him in truth, should we not put all the world behind us as far as worship is concerned and just worshiping Him? Should we not put all that stuff that's going on around us out in the world behind us? Read with me if you would verses 1 through 17 of Colossians chapter 3. If ye then be risen with Christ. Remember, Christ is sitting on His throne right now. He just said, we just read in Ephesians, He has made us to sit in heavenly places. That's with Him. Folks, we're not going to be washed of sin sometime down in the future. We are washed right now. His blood was shed 2,000 years ago and it covers all of our sins. 
We are clean, washed clean as our Lord and Savior, white as snow, right now. If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on the things above, not on the things on the earth. For ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, is Christ your life? I know, I know we have to live here on earth. We are in the earth, but we are not of it anymore. This world is not our home. We set our affections on the things above. You can have all the gold in the world you want. It's not going to do you any good if you don't have Christ. Set your affections on the things above, not on the things of the earth, for ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. Verse 5. Mortify, therefore, your members which are upon the earth, fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil, contrivance, and covetousness, which is idolatry. For which things sake the, the wrath of God cometh on the children of disobedience. You know why Paul writes that in there to remind us? Because that's where you and I belong. That's where we were. But for the grace of God, there went I. And there I would go today if it wasn't for His grace. Yeah. Verse 7. In the which ye also walk sometimes. See? That's God's word. You thought that was just mine, didn't you? in the which ye also walked some time when ye lived in them. But now ye also put off all these anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth. Lie not one to another, seeing that ye have put off all the, the old man with his deeds, and have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. Where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcision nor uncircumcision, barbarian, Sustainian, bond nor free, but Christ is all in all. Put on, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved bowels of mercy, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness and long-suffering, forbearing one another and forgiving one another if any man have a quarrel against any. Even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. And above all these things, put on charity, which is love. Put on love, which is the bond of perfectness. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also ye are called in one body, and be ye thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatsoever ye do, do in the word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father by Him. There's really nothing else for a man to say to add to that, is there? You want to worship in truth, in spirit and truth? Worship God according to the Scriptures, not according to man's experience or man's desires. Worship Him according to the Scriptures. Son of the true and living God can only be revealed to you by the Father. And blessed are you if he's revealed that to you. Amen.